Will you all smile for my Facebook friends? <clears throat> I have about 5,000 friends. That's all Facebook will let me have. And they won't hardly believe this unless I'm showing it to you. All right, so got to go now. Good morning. I am so excited to be here, and um, perhaps many of you all, like me, you could have taken a boat to come in. Uh, lots of water out there, but I'm very grateful to God to be back here in Marion. And I want to thank um, the planning team. Thank you for uh, inviting me. I want to thank uh, the alumni and the team that uh, nominated me to receive the award. Uh, it has exceeded my expectations. Um, I ended up here, it's very interesting how this all came about. Uh, we just had a prayer conference and this was to be the third day of the prayer conference. And our speaker for the third night um, double booked. So as a result, uh, I am able to be here tonight. But at first I wasn't going to be able to be here. So I was gonna come uh, in the morning to be a part of this and to receive the honor. Um, so after they canceled, we let the staff know, we let Jennifer know we could come. And so I said, well, God, I always wanted to teach prayer in a university. And that's why I signed up for the Master's of Divinity program. And so uh, at least for one day, and that's today, I get to teach prayer in a university. Isn't that something? So during, amen. So during our presentation here, I'm going to teach you how to pray in seven minutes, seven minutes of prayer that will change your whole life. I also want to thank Dr. Tom Benjamin, uh, the, the Tom Benjamin program at Wesley Seminary. Um, it was just wonderful three and a half years time that I spent. Dr. Kanai, Dr. Sophia Fasua, all my professors, and I can't see some of them. I can see some of their faces a little bit, um, but the lights in my eyes. And Dr. Colleen Durr, thank you so much and congratulations. Can you all give her a hand? Uh, the president of the seminary. Uh, she helped me graduate on time. And don't do what I did. Um, I waited until towards the end of the program to do all of my electives. And I took my summers off. So in the last year, I thought I could catch up. And if not for uh, Dr. Durr and Dr. Sophia, I would not have graduated on time. So I'm so excited about that. Um, if you, well, if you have your Bibles or your, or your electronic devices, or if you don't, I wanna read this to you and then share some thoughts. Uh, Luke chapter 18, <clears throat> verses, beginning at verse one. One day Jesus told his disciples a story to show they should always pray and never give up. This is the New Living Translation. There was a judge in a certain city, he said, who neither feared God nor cared about people. A widow of that city came to him repeatedly saying, give me justice. Give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while, but finally he said to himself, I don't fear people or care about people. I don't fear God or care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. 
I'm going to see that she gets justice because she is wearing me out with her constant request. Your prayer life gives power to your life. Can you help me say that? Your prayer life, would you all help me say that together? Your prayer life gives power to your life. One more time, everyone together. Your prayer life gives power to your life. John Wesley used to say that he thought very little of a man who did not pray four hours every day. John Wesley would rise up at 4 a.m. every day to seek God the first four hours of the day. In his latter years, Wesley was known to spend up to eight hours in prayer. He said, I have so much business, I cannot go on without spending three hours daily in prayer. Martin Luther said, if I fail to spend two hours in prayer each morning, the devil gets the victory through the day. George Mueller built orphanage, orphanages by much prayer and praying. Smith Wigglesworth healed many people, cast out devils. Charles Harrison Mason healed many people by much prayer and fasting and built a denomination called the Church of God in Christ that is still thriving today. David Watson notes that prayer has always been a primary mark of the saints of God in every generation of the church. George Whitfield, who retired punctually at 10 p.m. every night, rose equally promptly at 4 a.m. in order to pray. Your prayer life gives power to your life. Jesus would rise early in the day, early in the morning before the sun would come up. And he would abscond to some solitary place and there he would pray on one occasion. He comes out of prayer and he's walking on the water to the disciples who are on a ship in the middle of a storm. One of the things God showed me there is that when you become a man and or a woman of prayer and as you're growing and learning, as you become a man and or a woman of prayer, you'll be able to walk on things that other people drown in. Prayer will help you to walk on things that other people are drowning in. My personal prayer praxis, I get up at 4.50 a.m. and I spend time in devotions. And I thank God for my seminary education here, spiritual formation that quite possibly helped to save my ministry. I've been pastoring for 24 years. And during the time that I was here, in seminary, I was pastoring full-time. I was serving on the police merit board, which is the governing body for the police department in Indianapolis. I was father, grandfather, husband. I was also, and I am still, a radio talk show host. And I was doing television. And I was also traveling three days a week to Chicago to help my pastor because their chief administrative officer had gotten gravely ill, and he asked me, if I would take over that responsibility and so I would travel on Monday morning and stay till Wednesday to be the chief administrative officer in Chicago and at the same time I was in seminary. I can remember on airplanes at 30,000 feet uh, chiming in to classes 
on my computer by Wi-Fi. And after it was all said and done, after I graduated, after all of that, and after I kind of stopped doing some of those things, I began to ask God, how was it that I was able to do all of that? And God said it was because of your praxis in prayer, because of your discipline in prayer. And I didn't just start praying like that when I started doing all of those things. For almost 20 years now, I get up that early because in reading my Bible, and I've read my Bible over from Genesis 1 all the way to Revelation 22, I've read my Bible over and over again. And in the Gospels, I read how often Jesus prayed. And how, can, how could you lead so many people and bless so many people unless you spend an inordinate amount of time in prayer? The Barner Group uh, once said that the average pastor spends less than three minutes a day in prayer. If you're a pastor here, you don't have to say amen. <laughs> and I can believe that because once you get up, and those of you who are students, once you get up and you get about your day, and some of you all who are professors, once you get up and you get about your day, it's hard to get back to prayer. And by the end of the day, we're so tired that we might pray just a little bit and fall fast asleep. I tell people, you won't find time to pray. The devil won't let you do that. You have to make time to pray. So when I started developing a discipline in prayer, I went to Radio Shack. And some of you all may not remember Radio Shack. It's closed in Indianapolis. And I got a little timer, a little food timer. And I set that timer to 10 minutes. And then I would set that timer to 15 minutes. And then I would set that timer to 20 minutes. And I was disciplining myself in prayer. Nowadays, I don't need a timer. And of course, you have smartphones and all kind of timers and smartwatches. And you can set the time. One of the most important things you could do in your life is learn how to pray. Out of all the things that the disciples could have asked Jesus to teach them to do in Luke chapter number 11, they said, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples to pray. And you'll find that prayer, which is commonly called the Lord's Prayer, and it's a model prayer. And I'm going to show you how to use that where you can pray seven, seven minutes each day and your prayer life will give power to your life. I'm still pastoring today and still doing all those things and I still keep that same practice in prayer of getting up early in the morning and praying no matter what the weather is outside. And one of the secrets to being able to be persistent in prayer like this widow woman was, she was persistent in prayer, she kept coming, is you have to get up. That's the secret because if you wake up and you don't get up, you'll fall back to sleep. And so when I get up in the morning, I have to put my feet on the floor and I have to get up and go to the restroom and begin to wash my face so I can get into my prayer time. It's just that important to me. It's also indicated by statisticians that over 50% of those pastors who graduate from seminary will quit in the first five years. And there are pastors and there are ministers and there are people who used to go to church regularly who are giving up. And yet, in the Gospel of Luke, he said, if we pray, we will not faint. If we pray, we will not give up. Prayer helps you to hold your course. 
and the things that you're doing now in your classes and all the responsibilities that you have. And some of you all are away from your families and you're wondering what to do. And uh, sometimes you might feel like giving up. But if you develop a prayer life, you will not give up because you will always have a constant connection with God through Jesus Christ. One of the things God loves most is a praying believer. See, no one really asks, no one really asks these days, teach me how to pray. We learn a lot of things in church. We learn how to usher. We learn how to play the instruments. We learn how to sing. We learn how to preach. We learn how to teach. But teach me to pray. Teach me how to pray. In what is commonly called the Lord's Prayer, and to develop, to develop this kind of persistence that this widow woman had and that unjust judge who didn't care about God, he didn't care about men, but he, but, but he did not want to be worn out by this woman. And one translation says that he didn't want to have a black eye, as it were. So he didn't give her request because of who she was. He gave her her request because she kept coming. Reach over and tell somebody, keep coming. Keep coming, keep going, don't give up. And in my own ministry and what God has done with me, there have been times just before I started in the seminary program here, I had quit, but I kept showing up. I was just that exasper exasperated in pastoring, just that frustrated. I quit, but I kept showing up, and I kept showing up, and I kept showing up. And it was in the spiritual formation and it was in those three years that I was coming here to Indiana Wesling that I got recharged. It was a, what I call a working sabbatical, a working sabbatical. And God helped me through this program. So if you want to become persistent in prayer, you have to make time for it. You won't find time for it. You have to make time for it. And in what's commonly called the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6 and Luke 11 in the first part of it, it's our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So you take a minute and you worship God. You either put a song on or you just lift up your own praise and just begin to thank God and to begin to praise God. Our Father, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. His kingdom has already come in our hearts. But in that part of the prayer, in the second minute, you begin to say, God, reign more in me. Take over in me, rule and rest and reign in my life. Come more into my life, God. Thy will be done. You could spend more than a minute there, but at least one minute in the morning you could say, Lord, your will be done in me. Your will be done in my ministry. Your will be done in my studies. Your will be done. I want to be, be in your good, perfect, and acceptable will. Not my will, but your will be done. And you're praying there and you're pouring out your heart to God. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And now I'm to the part where I ask God, give me wisdom. Give me insight. Give me knowledge. Give me strength. The church I pastor, the Lord blessed us with 10 acres of prime real estate. And we wanted to build a building on that land. And the bank wouldn't loan us any money. And so we started our own construction company and we built three buildings. And the other day, a young man who came to speak for us said, do you have a background in construction? I said, yes, the Old Testament. <laughs> because I saw where Noah built a boat, but he never went to school. I saw where Moses built a tabernacle, but he never went to school. God gave him the download. Now that doesn't mean you shouldn't go to school to learn how to do those things. 
But God gave me the insight and the wisdom and the patience through prayer to be able to do what I could not ordinarily do if I were not hearing from him. Give us this day our daily bread. Give me patience. Give me understanding. Help me to write this paper. Help me to know what I could not know unless you were speaking to me. Give us our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Now I'm going to spend that minute in forgiveness. God, forgive me, and I forgive all of those who have hurt me. For the Bible says, if you regard, if I regard iniquity in my heart, God will not hear me. The goal of prayer is answered. There is an aspect of prayer for worship and communion and spending time in the presence of God, but there's nothing like an answer to prayer. And God wants to answer your prayers, but you got to make sure that your heart is right. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation. Well, many of you all are much younger than I am, and there are temptations all around. But you would have to agree that no matter how old you are, there are temptations all around. And so in that minute, you would ask God, keep me from temptation. I know the temptations are going to come, but God, give me strength and help me not to yield to the temptation. And then finally, in the last minute of that prayer, you say, deliver us from evil. The word evil in the Greek is panerios, which means the evil one. Deliver me from the devil. Deliver me from all of his schemes and his plans because God has great things for every single person that is in this room. God has a plan for your life and that is why you are here. And the devil will try to delay and derail the plan that God has for your life. But you disarm the enemy by starting out your day by saying, deliver me from the evil one. I like to say when I finish praying in my first two hours of the day, giving God praise, worshiping God, and, and going through my prayer time, I am pre-prayed and I am prepared. I am pre-prayed and therefore I am prepared. See, prayer will help you. Prayer gives power to your life. And like that widow woman who kept coming, that widow woman who kept coming, that widow woman who kept coming, if you will do the same, if you will persist in prayer, God will answer all of your prayers. God will give you the things that you need and desire. I will close with this. I have a grandson. He's five years old. He calls me Pawpaw. And uh, I got a virtual reality game. And you can download games on that. And so when I come home and I get in my little resting seat, there's a place that I like to sit down and like to rest. And I'm sitting there and I'm resting and he's just a few feet away from me. And he says, Paul, Paul, can you download this game? And I said, well, wait a minute, I'm resting here. And it's just five feet away. But how many of you all know when you're in your resting place, five feet away is like 50 feet away. And he doesn't give up. He says, Paul, Paul, download this game for me. And he says, Paul, Paul, download this game for me. Paul, Paul, download this game for me. And he does not give up. He keeps asking me. And no matter how relaxed I am because he is my grandson, I get up and I go over there and I download the game for him. And I wonder how many of you all subsequent to this moment will remember that we have a Paul, Paul. We call him Abba Father. And when you need something and you keep saying, Father, 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 
I don't care how busy he is, he will come to see about you. And he'll give you what you need. Why? Because according to Psalm 84 and 12, he withholds no good thing from them that walk up right before him. In Matthew 7 and 7, he says, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened unto you for everyone that asks receives. To everyone that seek, he finds. And to everyone that knocks, the door is open. Encourage somebody seated in close proximity to you and tell them from now on, Will you do that? Look at them and say, from now on, the door is open because your prayer life gives power to your life. Thank you.